Welcome, listeners, to another episode of the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. I'm your host, Chuck Peters, and I uh, still have this raspy voice, nasal congestion thing going on. We are recording this episode uh, here live in Nashville at the Music City Center during the Etch Family Ministry Conference. And so if you hear noises or rustling or uh, crowds of people in the background, that's because there's a lot of activity going on here. Uh, One of the great things about recording while we're here at Etch is we have the opportunity to sit down with different thought leaders in kids ministry. And so today I'm joined by Dr. Jody Dean. Hey, Jody. Hey, Chuck. Man, it's good to have you here. It's great to be here. He is the assistant professor for Christian education, uh, director, m- mentoring programs in uh, Christian education at New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary. He's got years of ministry experience in uh, age-graded ministry uh, and, and focused towards youth and collegiate as well as kids and families. Uh, he's the senior regional associate dean for Louisiana and Mississippi uh, for uh, New Orleans Baptist Theological Seminary, and he teaches primarily in the area of discipleship and ministry leadership. And so we are so honored to have you here. It's great to uh, be to here. spend a few minutes talking with us. Yes. And so we're going to be talking today about shepherding age-graded ministry through risk. And there's some some hot topics in our culture right now and there some are. things that we'll, that we'll get to. But before we get to that heavy stuff... okay. We want to get to know a little bit more about you. So we have this thing on the podcast that we like to do called Little You. And so we want to get to know a little bit about Little Jody. So when, when you were a kid, did you have a favorite toy or a type of toy? So what, what was your thing? My favorite was John Deere tractors, oh. the, the little mini tractors, you know, that you could just play around the house with, plow on the carpet and make your own farm kind of stuff. So I had... Tens of hundreds of those little ones wow. and stuff, and like so the die-cast metal ones oh, yeah. or plastic ones uh, or the, all kinds. The metal ones, yeah, and okay. so I, mom kept those over the years, and so my son even plays with them now on uh, plowing up our carpet. So Some of those it, have like uh, the, the scoop on the front, and, right? And the, and the, and the, Backhoe kind of uh, back on them, and all stuff. kinds of wagons to pull. That's right. Oh, that's fun. And combines and cotton pickers and all kinds of other things. So you know, it's just a fun time. So. The simple things, but that was that was my favorite as a kid. John Deere, good, that's a good one. Man. I like it. Now, did you tell me about like uh, snack time? So, were you as a kid? Were you a healthy snacker? No. Or were you kind of a junk food snacker? What no. was your go-to snack? Like after school, if you're coming home, I was cupboard. raised. You just ate junk food. You know, soft drinks, junk food, artificial you, coloring you, and flavoring. Yeah, and all. yeah. Whole so, Foods was not a thing. Trader Joe's was not a thing. So it you came know, in you, a plastic bag, uh, and we liked it that way. That's right. So <laughs> Snickers, Reese's, you know. Oh, some they, candy bars. Yeah, I mean, things. you. you and so I never had to worry about weight as a kid. Uh, you wore the husky jeans and were proud of it. So, uh, you know, give me my candy. Uh, so oh, and thankfully, awesome. high school took care of the husky. But uh, somebody, when you're a kid and you're active, you can get away with that. My kids exactly. are skinny as rails. But eventually it catches up to you. That's right. You're not there yet. You're still, not, you're not still yet. looking pretty good. Well. But, uh, man, it starts to catch up with you eventually. Oh, well. Well, man, thank you. It's great yeah. to hear a little bit about your childhood. So we are talking today. Now, you've, you've been involved in a project, a book called uh, Protect, yes. Shepherding Age-Graded Ministry Through Risk. And uh, let me set that up just a little bit for the listeners. So the culture continues to redefine uh, areas that ministry leaders should consider. And so we all have to be aware of what's happening right. in the culture and aware how to respond to it or not. Right. Uh, and, and so th- we're going to talk about... Uh, some areas to cultivate uh, to help us cultivate a protective uh, mindset. 
uh, for ministry with minors. So we want to uh, shepherd the character of the ministry uh, and ways to have an overseer mentality. Uh, so let's talk a bit about some of these issues. Sure. What are some of the things that you have identified that are, you know, those, those things that we need to be aware of that maybe we're not quite ready for? Well, what kind of drove the backstory was the, the need of ministry leadership to really shepherd the environment and the people around kids' ministry. Because when you start looking at this changing culture, uh, you go back to what a shepherd was in the Bible, and they, they provided a couple of things. They provided protection, they provided shelter, they provided nourishment. And so when you look at kids' ministry in the church, there's a lot of shepherding similarities to needing to protect yeah. the environment, protect the, the outside threats, uh, or we just can't have adults that are not vetted that we don't know coming in and saying, I want to chaperone or I want to volunteer. And so how does that mm-hmm. look like in shepherding the environment? And then what does it look like in the changing culture to shepherd that? Yeah. Uh, you've uh, recently was talking with someone and in the public school, there's a seven-year-old kid being given hormones and being allowed to change his name to a her. And so their kid is struggling with, wait a minute, my friend was, mm. and now my friend is, what's going on here? Yeah. And so you're looking at a seven-year-old going, wow, this is going to impact the church. So yeah. last year he was in RAs, this year he's going to be in GAs or the yeah. issue of, how do you do room and assignments at fall retreat or at yes. kids camp? And so it's just one of those issues that mm. this changing culture with gender identity among kids and, and with families and the new family dynamics that we're seeing of uh, many non-nuclear families in our churches. Yeah. And so what does it look like in the single parent home in this changing culture? What does it look like in the blended family? What does it look like in the family with two moms, but mm-hmm. the kid is invited to come to church with a friend? And so we now have introduced a different family dynamic and we want to be Jesus to these people. Yes. But we also have to have protecting our environment in the mix too of, well, we can't really endorse certain lifestyles to be volunteers in our ministry. Right. And so this changing culture just caused us to say, hey, we need to take a pause. And one of my colleagues, Dr. Jackson, and I just wanted to take a moment and have a layperson <coughs> quick read that says, here are some considerations. Mm. These are just some topics that we think you ought to consider with your people, with their character, with your um, your environment, your fa- your facilities, some things you might want to consider. And mm. then in the changing culture, maybe you even need to consider your partnerships. Of what does it look like with Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts? And what does it look like with an active shooter threat on a Sunday morning? And yes. what does it now look like with, um, with gender and, and those mm-hmm. kind of things? Just to say, hey, we don't, ha- we don't have all the answers. Yes. But we do think we need to have a conversation. Well, we know what we can't do is we can't ignore these situations. Right. Right, because it, it, there's part of us that, that these are things that are out in the culture and there's, we want that line between what's out there and what happens in the church. Sure. And we can't stop that. It's coming. Yes. <coughs> and unfortunately, with my kids, I am on the front lines of seeing it. Uh, mm. My daughter's coming home with stories from school, and they're in a private Christian school. And, uh, and so we're just journeying <laughs> together. And so I was also, um, I've done upward in churches I served. And so with the changing culture, how do we facilitate some of these outreach ministries um, with the changing dynamics? Uh, do you let uh, the kid from two moms coach a team or 
or volunteer. And uh, just <coughs> what do these dynamics look like? Some of our listeners, maybe in a smaller town, they go, well, that's not quite impacted us yet. Not yet. But in our larger cities where we live, it is impacting us. But I think it impacts us even in our smaller, even more rural environments um, as well. And so how do you advise? Uh, you know, so as you said, on the one hand, you know, we, we need to protect uh, our, our kids from some of these things in the world that are, that are difficult or at a young age, especially hard to understand. And yet we don't want to be ignorant of what's happening in the culture. We want to engage with that culture. We want to be Jesus to them, as you said. So how do you advise? Where do, where do we begin as the church, as kids, kids and student ministry leaders? Where I would begin is do what you already know you need to do with your facilities and your space and your volunteers. Mm. But I think we have to enter the big term of apologetics in there somewhere now in kids ministry. We just a few years ago started entering that term into student ministry of how to defend your faith in a public setting, mm-hmm. uh, in a cultural setting. But I'm teaching my own kids how to do that in uh, elementary school. And how do you engage in a conversation with the classmates instead of going, you're just weird. Yeah. Uh, well, how do you just talk to them about the gospel and how do you talk to them about what's going on? And, um, and I don't want to my kids or my family to ostracize any other kid I mean, I never liked growing up, if you go back to my childhood, I yes. never liked seeing the kid alone on the playground. Right. You, you know, I always wanted to talk to them or, or the person that had limitations and couldn't fully participate. I wanted us to consider that person. I mean, yeah. I didn't do that every day, but I mean, no, sometimes. You seek out that person right. who's on the outside and you look to bring them in, so come alongside. Now we have, all kids are having struggles of figuring out life and their gender and and who they are and how they're going to be and their family of origin has some yes. part of that to play. But I mean, we even see in, in America right now, almost one third of kids in fatherless homes uh, in our major cities. And then all America as a whole, one out of four. Hmm. And so when you look at the scriptural meanings of a father in the home and with a mother and hmm. what that really looked like, we're finding in kids ministry, more and more kids don't fit the biblical model of family. Yeah. And so how do we be Jesus to these people of trying to fill some voids instead of, but, and in that process can help correct some of the misconceptions? Yes. Uh, because the kid that comes, I grew up in a fatherless home. So it was weird for me to go to a family's house and play with a mm. friend who had two parents. I didn't know what two parents looked like. Yeah. And so... Uh, I'm just seeing those dynamics. And so as we protect, we have to also begin as our kids interact with people and have playmates and other things that we just begin to help in children's ministry with parents and with our volunteers of how do you help kids learn how to have conversation with kids that are not like them before just making fun of them or making comments that tear down and and don't build up. And uh, because we know at the earliest ages that there are some psychological things that we can help nurture and nourish and so um, I think it's important for kids ministry to begin to have those conversations in this changing culture yeah I mean you're probably not gonna have how to deal with the transgender kid one-on-one at church on Wednesday night yes but you do need to equip your volunteers to be aware of those things in case you just don't send a kid to his mama for going in the wrong bathroom yes you may need to do that but you also need to be aware to talk to your children's minister and go we may need to have a sideline conversation with the family here because I'm seeing some things that just don't quite line up. Yeah. Um, you know, 
we all picked on a kid probably growing up the one dressed him as the girl or something in, in a play center in preschool and didn't think anything about it now they're like we need to have a sit down conversation with this kid uh, because there might be an issue well a few years ago that was just center play in preschool yeah in kindergarten and we didn't he wore the apron and played in the kitchen well they were just playing family now it's like well does he really want to be a girl and so how do we not overreact to as part of that conversation yes. of what is just some natural growing up and experiencing life, but in a changing culture, what are some things we just need to be aware of? And some Does of these things, oh yeah, absolutely. And some of these things are, you know, these were issues that you would discuss in the high school group a few years ago, Right. you know, gender issues and, and uh, sexual identity issues and those sorts of things. And now more and more, it's moving younger and younger. You mentioned that seven, the seven-year-old. Yeah. You know, so we, even in the kids' space, have to be very uh, right. aware of what's happening in the culture and very aware that this is not something that we can hide from, right. but we need to be prepared for. And so to be proactive about that is going to be so in our best interest. I dealt with it in youth ministry over 10 years ago, yeah. you know, of room and assignments and uh, athletes at the school and... Mm -hmm where do they identify and maybe she was more boyish if you will uh and uh how does that fit because we know she likes girls and uh but she still wanted to go to camp and yeah. and you wanted to be at camp and she accepted christ she still had struggles but a lot of people that accept christ still have struggles yes uh not everything gets worked out uh, immediately. Yes. And so, you know, we were able to get her counseling and, and able to work through some things. But now I'm seeing it in kids' ministry. Mm. Uh, I, I'm seeing at least preteen ministry of dealing with a lot of what we dealt with in middle school. And now we're dealing with all the issues that a teenager deals with. So with adolescence kind of being extended, yes. adolescence has crept down into kids' ministry yes. and extended into college ministry. Mm. And so... Um, that's why I think it's more mm. important than ever that we protect and do what we know we need to be doing already. Yes. But we add a few things to the conversation and look for a few outliers as well. All right. So you talk about these four areas right. uh, to cultivate a protective mindset for ministry with minors. So let's put some numbers on those for the listeners. Okay. We probably covered, touched on many sure. of them. So if you could go ahead and tell us what those four things are and sure. put some handles on those for us. If, if, if I'm looking at character... One, I need to not just do a background check on a potential volunteer, but I really need to know you, Chuck, as a person. Yes. I need to know what your hobbies are. I need to know how you're living life. So for us in leadership, we have to go an extra step than what we just, we used to do. Yes. I think a reason we have to go to uh, the extra step of protecting the character is social media has allowed us insight to a whole nother world dimension of mm -hmm. people's personal yes, lives. That's true. Yep. We, we know more places that people are going, more activities they're involved in. And with that, so and we see the way they react to things that they disagree exactly. with, right? If they get, uh, we, we unfollow them quickly. for political mm -hmm. opinions. Yeah. We, uh, uh, we, we just see some things happening to where character is more important are you really a Christian and are going to post that? Are you? And so uh, as we're recruiting our leadership and training our volunteers, the character component is more than ever with yes. social media and with how people are living in, in silos. Yes. And what I mean by a silo is I can do a lot of things in private that no one knows about. Yes. And so how do we impact that darkness by really knowing who each other are yeah. before I say, hey, you want a chaperone? Yes. Hey, 
Yeah, you want to teach a small group? Uh, you you want to help us with kids worship? And and sometimes we're so, uh, I guess the word desperate might come in for right. for help that we might want to uh, qualify people, and we're we're motivated to, to make people uh, look like they're what we need. Right. Where you're saying it's wise to go the extra step to protect, look yes. at their character, as a protective measure. Okay. What's the, what's the second one? The second one's shepherding the people. Okay. And some of the things we have to do there is, what about bullying? Hmm. Is, does kids' ministry now deal with bullying? Uh, it used to be uh, Johnny came to us crying yeah. on the playground, and we said, Johnny, you just got to toughen up. Yeah. But now we're seeing bullying it may be at a high enough level that kids' ministry has to stop and go, you know what, I really don't need to plan a game on Wednesday night that doesn't involve everyone. And... I need to create a space to where no one feels bullied. Now, I'm not saying the soccer mom terms or, or those kind of things, but uh, we have to look at things that bring people up, not tear them down. And so if, if that kid's already being bullied at school, he comes to church or she comes to church, and now there's games that separate, that put them on sides, mm-hmm. that do all these things. How do we create teamwork and engagement? Mm-hmm. We do that well Unity. at Center Kid. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's more that yeah. kind of mindset yeah. of how do we bring the whole group together and be sure everyone's participating. Yes. But then there's another thing that we have to look at is how are kids treating one another? Is there any bullying going on? Yeah. And, uh, and be sure that we're aware of that. And um, another thing that we do in shepherding the people is uh, we need to help them with counseling. We, mm. we need to be the shepherd mm. in, in kids' ministry that knows, hey, that kid was totally engaged a month ago. And now they're reclusive, they they're away. not engaged. Mm. There's a change in demeanor, there's a change in behavior. So it's something going on at home, it's yes. something going on at school. And so we start trying to um, also look for ways in which people may need a little extra touch mm. and time to engage. And then I don't know in everybody's environment, but in the ministry environment I'm in, the church I'm involved in, I'm seeing kids come to school uh, and church with technology. Mm, so yeah. kids have phones at church. So how does kids ministry deal in shepherding that the people to even help preteens and older children know some safeguards with their technology and yeah. uh, how to be um, be safe with your computer and yes. your iPhone? What kind of boundaries we need to set? What, for yes. Because the parents are still learning those boundaries. Yes. Or at least the people I see on social media. Um, All right. So character, shepherding. Right, shepherding the character, shepherding the people. And then uh, we want to shepherd uh, for as an overseer. Okay. So what that means in the new day is you are a mandatory reporter. Mm-hmm. So in, yes. as an overseer, you have to make the tough calls if something's not appropriate. With a volunteer, with a family, you, you, you're not the detective. You, so you need. So we included a section on mandatory reporting in the overseer part. Mm. The other thing I have to do as the overseer, though, is I have to be sure the facility is how it needs to be. Yes. I, I, there are some things I have to look out for. And so most of our buildings were not built for the 21st century. Mm. Many of our spaces were built for 20th century ministry. And so with this changing culture, do we need to look mm. at our facilities? Does the bathrooms for kids need to change? Uh, so it's a, a, an adult's just not going in by themselves to be sure the kids are okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, is there a different environment on the hall that needs to take place or in the kids' building? Is there different things that we now need to be looking at due to um, 
being an overseer yeah. because, you know, in a, a shepherd, when he was watching over the sheep, he was looking for the outside threats, looking at which yes. ones were there. And it amazes me that multiple flocks of sheep at the same watering hole, the shepherds just distance themselves from one another and they truly know their voice and will go to the right shepherd. Yes. And so as an overseer, do the kids in our kids ministry know the right voices mm. to respond to? Mm. And so that's part of that environment. And the other thing that we just have to be careful of in the environment is the unexpected. Yes. Um, now that we don't have everybody in a nuclear family, don't we need to watch the check-in, check-out procedure of kids? Yes, we do. Yeah. And do we need to know if mom and dad are having trouble and dad doesn't have custody right now so he can't pick them up from small group? Yes. Or kids worship or Wednesday night? Do we have to start looking at some of those things as the overseer of making the hard calls? Of yes, this is a little inconvenient for everybody to check in and check out with us, but it's important. And I'm as I travel and help churches, I'm finding more and more churches. I thought it was pretty commonplace for check in, check out, but not every time they gather. Mm. Uh, sometimes not for the special events and and other things uh, where people connect and get together. Mm. So uh, the other aspect then from that is maybe a little security. Yes. Aspect that we need to consider in kids ministry of do we. Uh, in public schools that I attend, there's hall monitors. There's a security officer. There is a check-in at the office. Yes. Do not come on this hall. Do not come in this building unless you check in with the office. Yes. So do we get to that place? If you are not picking up your own child, if you're not one of our volunteers, you don't even need to walk in this area of our yes, church. Right. I know that's a little harsh, but is there a kind way to protect sure, sure. the environment to a higher level? Uh, we don't want an active shooter scenario in church. Um, it would be tragic for that to happen, but we do hear news reports of it happening in different parts of our nation. Mm -hmm. So do we need to have some protocols for security? Yeah. Ability there to lock was. down the preschool and children's wings so there's no access. Is there some considerations just for safety and security? And that even extends to when we travel. Yeah. And so- And is our facility equipped for us to be able to do that? Exactly. Yeah. Because we never thought about making it where you, just anybody couldn't be in the children's sure. area. We're the church. Everybody's here for the right reasons. That's right. No one wants to Open do harm. Open doors. All come right. and go as you please. Yes. But, Everyone's welcome. But the last thing there, right. Chuck, is shepherding the culture. Mm. And that is, can we deal with these faulty facilities in a changing culture and moving beyond our facilities? What does it mean to have negating negligence? Mm. It's not enough to just know that you should have done something, but there is some liability in knowing what to do and not doing it. Mm. In the Bible, it's called sin. Yes. In America, it's jail time. And so this negating negligence in kids' ministry is we know we need to protect the environment. Yes. We know we need to keep up with the kids that we're responsible for. So sometimes we have to make the tough calls. In, in the changing culture, we have to create some policy and do some things that are difficult. But... One thing we have to do is, child, we have to start the conversation with our people mm -hmm. so it doesn't surprise them. And we don't put it all on them in one meeting. We start this protect conversation and keep it ongoing. But one of the last things of contemporary issues is I think we have to look at the outside organizations and our affiliations because the school systems are making accommodations. And so if accommodations are being made here, the church seems to respond to what schools are doing to mm -hmm. some degree in our age-graded ministry. So in this changing culture, what does that look like? Can we still have some of the school events housed in our building? Yes. Or can we 
have uh, the partnership that we may have had with an after school program with the school? Mm. Or can we have Upward and advertise through the school about our Upward program? Mm. So the changing culture just looks at what does our partnerships and kids ministry really look like when we still wanna engage our community and reach people for Christ. Mm. So that's the four areas that we're just trying to have a soft conversation that sounds much deeper. Yes. Uh, because it is deep, but it, it is a conversation to just start having and questions to start asking. Mm. Because we know in kids ministry, everybody can't change everything immediately. That's right. But we can start having the conversation and doing some something. And we can't afford to not start exactly. that conversation. Exactly. Well, the book is Protect, Shepherding Age-Graded Ministry Through Risk. Jody, can you tell us where a listener might be able to find that sure. book? It's going to come out by Christmas uh, through YM360. It's going to be an online free ebook through their website of ministry resources, and then it'll be available on Amazon if you want a hard copy. Excellent. Excellent. Well, listeners, I'd encourage you to pick up a copy uh, when that is available. And Dr. Jody Dean, thank you so very much for your time. We thank appreciate you, Sean, you and your insights. And we are blessed and honored to have you here on the podcast and here at the Edge Conference. Thank you so much. Listeners, thank you again for listening to the Kids Ministry 101 podcast. It's always a pleasure to interact with you. And we'd love to have you listen in as we talk with thought leaders in kids in student ministry here on the Kids Ministry 101 podcast.